presented by No Guts, No Galaxy. New music from one of the brain children that brought you the No Guts, No Galaxy soundtrack. Nautical Monsters by Animatronic. All systems audible. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Hello, loyal Mech fans. Duncan Fisher here. You know, sometimes I'm touched in a special way by my fans. No, not like that. Well, not this time. Today, I'd like to read to you something that was sent to me via HPG all the way from New Vancouver, somewhere in the Free Worlds League, by my young fan, Barth Arlem, who says his favorite mech is a cicada. (laughs) How cute, a cicada. (laughs) As if one of those would ever win a match. Well, little Barth sent me a poem about the magic, the thrills, and the joys of watching the matches on Solaris 7. Duncan, Duncan, what's happening now? Did my favorite pilot just win? Tell me how. The mechs in the fights, and the fans who rejoice, when Duncan Fisher lends us his voice. The matches are live, and they make us all say, Hip hip hooray, it's mech fighting day. So if you don't know the thrill of the fights, just listen to Duncan, and he'll tell you right. Solaris is magic, of this I can say. Now root for your favorite, for victory this day. (laughs) With fans like this, How can I not love what I do every day? You go, fan. You go. This has been the Duncan Fisher Minute. The Duncan Fisher Minute is written by David Morton. Produced and performed by George Ledoux and Voices in My Head Productions. Based on characters created by Ferret Bodwin and George Ledoux. Any similarity to persons living or dead is ridiculous. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 92. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. It is October 16th, 2013, and my shout-out, it's going to go out to Hefe for What Does the Mech Say? Holy crap, I have literally watched this, I think now, 10, 12 times, and then Darren starts humming it, and then I start singing it, and then, yes. Just as the original version goes out of everybody's heads, here it is again. Oh, it is great. So, uh, yeah. So, props, Hefe and crew. I know it wasn't just him. He had uh, some help. But, dude, that is amazing quality stuff. And uh, I just want to give you a shout-out on that. Darren, who do you have? Hey, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil, and my shout-out today. Well, I want to thank Rusby for working hard to get us the Phoenix Mechs, a.k.a. some of the unseen mechs in-game. This grungy old mech warrior feels right at home in a classic like my Thunderbolt. Love it. And Sidestrafe has a new video up, uh, MWO video up, featuring us. So please watch, subscribe, and comment. All right. And Brennan, what do you got? Hello, this is Brennan, also known as Catcher Kill. And the first thing I want to say is Shadowhawk. I mean, come on. It's the Shadowhawk. Shadowhawk! Uh, secondly, uh, I want to welcome Gareth back. Uh, it's been, it seems like, forever since we last talked. And finally, our live studio audience gets a shout-out, as always. Cool. Nice. Now, is the Shadowhawk being called the Shock? Is that is that? That's what I call it. 
Is it just no. you or is it the community now? See, what they need to do is they need to introduce the plaid camo. Shack. And so I can call it the plaid shad or the shad plaid. I think shad plaid sounds a lot better. I don't know. Shad plaid out there? Anybody? <laughs> yeah. All right. And of course, welcome to our live studio audience. Got quite a bit of you guys in the channel. And of course, to all of our new listeners out there in the world, welcome. And hopefully uh, tonight will be a fun show for you guys. And then we say, hey, if you uh, if you enjoy uh, what we're doing over here at NGAG, hey, you can become a sponsor today. And you'll get some access to uh, avatars, giveaways. We're actually doing our first giveaway for the NGNG sponsors, which is a 6870. It's an ATI video card. And uh, there's a bunch of other props and stuff you get. So uh, anyways, head over to our website and become a sponsor today. Hey, are you doing a little shopping online? Maybe Amazon Newegg or Tiger Direct? If so, please help support the show while shopping for cool stuff online by clicking on the Amazon Newegg or Tiger Direct buttons on our website, they're on the right side. Scroll down a little bit. It won't add anything to your charge, but it gives NGNG a little kickback. It's a great way to support everything we do if you don't want to or cannot donate directly. And hey, do you live in or near Grand Rapids, Michigan? I wish I do, because if so, you have a chance to get in on some Tesla Battletech action on Saturday, October 26th at Big Kids Games. Oh man, I had so much fun in those Tesla pods. Wish I could be there. And do you speak and or read Russian? If so, then check out this Battletech fan site, which translates a lot of NGNG content into Russian at VK.com. And I just want to say thank you to the guy who uh, did that VK.com thing. I can't even pronounce your name. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Sorry. I just want to give you props. And, of course, we've got the Catalyst Game Lab sponsorship giveaway week 19, which is another uh, sword and dragon starter book. And this is actually a really good starter book to get if, uh, you know, you're gonna get one anyways all you gotta do is head over to our website register post in the thread with uh who or maybe i should say who or what got you into BattleTech. maybe i need to put the what in there too because it may not a be voice in my head yeah it so, was a what yeah I, you know just to sort of go back uh down memory lane how did i get into BattleTech? i was actually i think 12 rode my bike to the bookstore in the mall and uh, I just saw giant robots with lasers on the front cover of a book, and I picked it up, and it was the book two in the Blood of Kerensky trilogy. That's actually the fir- very first novel I ever owned, and that's actually how I got into Battletech, and it was all downhill from there. So, Hey, do, George. Do you still have that book? Though? Yep, still got it. No, actually, no, that one I actually gave away because I loved it so much. I got another one because it got beat up. Dude. And I then she like- dumped you. No, I got it like four times. Uh, I read it like four times, and I, I gave it to a buddy because I was like, dude, I love this. And I'm, I, I bought a newer one because I beat it to shit after reading it, you know, for four times. Hey, so. George, I'm curious. How did you get into Battletech? <laughs> Mech Warrior 4, right? That is correct. Yes, I was, I was invited to come into a studio and record voices for a game. And that's and how I discovered the rest was. was history. Yes, and those people that at, were at the game studio at the time, they all knew uh, Battletech like the back of their hands. I was impressed. And I'm like, they're showing me the game on the table, you know, a regular tabletop version of it. And they had fancy maps and everything. And, and I said, this is the same thing as what's on the video screen. <laughs> so uh, yep. that was my introduction. Good it's times. all about the imagination, man. All right, and before we roll into our normal content, and Darren, you may want to add this uh, underneath the giveaway sponsor so you can link it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, guys, we are raising money to build George a new gaming PC. Not only that, with that gaming PPC, he's going... He said it. I know, PPPC. We're going to be playing uh, MechWare Online with him. We're also He's also going to be streaming, or at least that's our intent. He's going to be streaming on NGNG TV. So just think about this. You're able to play and or shoot the actual Duncan Fisher in Macro Online. So anyways, if you can support this, do so, please. I mean, $5, $10, however much you can, every little bit helps. So I just want to say thank you again to everyone that can support. Spread the word. Tell your buddies. Let's get this done. We're going to make it have, happen. I do have a few stretch goals. I've got two of those. Uh, one of those being a solid state drive and number two being some uh, 27-inch monitors, dual monitors. I, I think it would be awesome to get them dual monitor set up. So if we can do that, Let's and then, that. of I'm course, gonna... his third stretch goal is some uh, thong underwear. Why did you put that on there, though? Don't I don't understand that. Don't worry about it. All right. I mean, it's between me and George. All right. All Full right. Stream. Okay. <laughs> hey, 
Hey guys, this is Darren, and I just wanted to let you know that the response for the Build a Computer for George Fund has been phenomenal. And in just two days, before we even released this podcast with the announcement in it, we've already reached not only the main goal, but we're literally around $100 shy of reaching all of the stretch goals as well. So on behalf of the NGNG crew, and of course, George himself, we want to say thank you to everyone who contributed. For without your support, this would never have been possible. You guys are amazing, and we've said it before, you are the best gaming community out there. So we will see you, and now George, out on the battlefield. All right, guys, let's go dive into uh, tonight, man. We haven't uh, had a podcast for a little bit. Uh, I just want to say apologies. Last week, we were a little bit busy. I didn't feel good. Darren was super busy. So anyways, let's go dive into... Well, to make a point, it's been almost two years. The end of this month is two Uh years, and that is only the second podcast, the second week that we have missed in two years. Well, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty damn good. good. Uh, I was going to say that's a good, uh, you know, good record, good record, good kill death ratio, you know, exactly. <laughs> I wish my kill death ratio was that damn good. That would, that'd be awesome. All right. Speaking of which Mech War online, we have, uh, let's see, we had Nico snow posted up the community contractor awards, uh, part do, uh, do I think you mean a uh, contributor contributor awards. Sorry. What did I say? Not contractor. Con- they're they're contractors contract they, you know. contract anyways this was really cool uh, for other people that were being recognized in the community for doing things and i think i want to see more of this uh, i don't know how about how you guys feel but i think there's a lot of people that put a lot of time and effort into this community whether it's artwork whether it's documentation whether it's tutorials whether it's youtube whether it's other miscellaneous content i i feel like nico needs to like do a lot more of these and you know let people know and um i was actually pretty happy that they started kicking these back out again so uh, uh darren uh, brennan how do you guys feel about that i definitely think it's something that should continue definitely anyone that contributes to the this awesome community especially out of the level of some of the people that were that received the award i think it definitely should be something that should be recognized i think it should be almost like a monthly thing perhaps where once a month they go and maybe only like three or four people, but someone that stands out for the month or maybe two months or something like that and uh, awards them something for their dedication. Now, is there a way to like submit uh, like people? I mean, that's the thing is like, is there a way to submit? Um... I don't think so. Um, that could be something that uh, should be looked at perhaps as well. That I was going to say, Garth. We, we should get with Nico and, and suggest this because like there's a ton of people that do stuff all the time and I, I'm, I'm guaranteed Nico is not everywhere you know even though Nico is God you don't think he's omniscient yeah give me su- give me suggestions I'll give them to him and well, then take the credit Phil yeah, you can't I mean, vote for yourself no what I'm saying is the uh, uh, an area where you can say hey check out what this guy's doing it's really awesome you know you you know we should you know what I'm saying like a, a way to submit people out there in the community doing things like this. I don't know of any place to nominate people. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is an awesome idea, and I think uh, we couldn't get enough of it. Basically, uh, this this game and games similar to it, it's all about the community. And the more we promote uh, people that are putting forth effort, with, you know, which they don't get any sort of uh, payback on that whatsoever, other than maybe feeling good about themselves, um, you know, it's 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 worth uh, promoting their efforts. Yeah, I would. I would. I and mean, plus the things that they're helping i'm sure other people would want to know and they might learn from you know uh putting a spotlight on what they're saying yeah i mean look at uh they're getting a, a cockpit item which is really cool um i remember i got mine i didn't know i got one um uh, because like, oh that not... surprise day yeah you, you you're not like emailed or notified so it was just like oh what is this um because i remember I feel you like... asking me like at two o'clock in the morning if i got one as well or something like that yeah. I was like man did you notice this banner and it's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> exactly so i feel like that's another thing um garth is when someone is given something like this that they're emailed or notified via when they log in or something i mean do I, it obviously, garth uh anyways more ideas for you but i definitely think uh there should be some type of uh submission like process like so the community can help because there's a ton of people doing stuff uh like hefe i mean that freaking video is awesome like i would yes again the amount of work that went into that and you know yeah yeah a lot of let's be let's build big spotlights and shine it on these guys because uh they're doing amazing stuff 
it was amazing because when you think about it, I mean, you watch a lot of that. How I, I kept thinking, how are they getting some of these shots? I mean, it was really impressive. I was thinking, did they mix in like Mech Warrior Living Legends? But you, you guys have said no. It's it's all it's an application case, called right? Blender where he did the no, dancing and stuff. No, no, he he basically he got the Mech files. I've I've seen his work in the past and all those the 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 dragon and the centurions doing the dance. But he also had to not only did he have to model uh, or extract the models he had to rig them he had to animate them i mean he had to do all of that and that was just him i mean he had, a, he had to put a lot of dots all over his body and then do those actual right. dance moves yeah he was oh actually man did. that sucks to do that i got <laughs> you have to wear like a like a skin tight leotard like a body sock oh we'd look sexy God. in those wouldn't we george oh yeah uh, having a stream idea yeah dude i would oh, pay for God. that just to see that no, that no. you you'd pay for therapy but that's about <laughs> it I've seen I've seen some real shit, but that would be <laughs> shit. <laughs> wow, look at that! It's a pile of shit with a bunch of yellow dots on it. That uh, <laughs> you see every day. So, anyways, uh, definitely like the 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 contributor awards. Need more of them. I, I felt like they sort of fell off the the earth there. And I think you're all right. Maybe something monthly, uh, player submissions and stuff like that. Shill so, of the month. Yeah, shill of the month. All right, so we also got uh, Brian Ekman. We have the October Creative Director update. Um, obviously, we had the patch preview. Uh, they talked Which about. Which I should say we should do more often. Yes. Yeah, I think Enough the patch set. preview was definitely. A lot of information was in that uh, update, but the patch preview, I think, is what got everyone most excited. I mean, just knowing a little bit maybe beforehand what's coming out, I think got people talking. No, I'm going to one up that. I would even say what. I mean, and you guys X up in chat here. Would you, uh, obviously the patch preview, did you like it? And would you like to see like a video preview of like Brian and Paul sitting down in front of a camera and like actually like, yes. all that, yes. right? I mean, how yeah. about Looking you guys in the lovingly chat? into would each other's like eyes. <laughs> yeah. No, I have I'm, been saying this for I a I mean, long in time. video format, like it, boom, it's up on YouTube a few days before the patch or even a day before the patch, letting you guys know. I mean, uh, we have so many studios out there that do that kind of stuff, right? I and I'm just going to throw this out there. Me and Darren have been whispering in, in Brian's ear about this for a while. I think it needs to be done. I think a lot of you guys, and it, it raises the bar. No more of this wall of text, and that's all well and good. But I, I just I think on the engagement level, it, it's big. I mean, would you not agree, Garth? I mean, Te- text is ten years ago. We want I to don't agree. Just, just to be different. <laughs> could we all could we all dress up like pirates? Yes, you're allowed Damn it, to do I that. I didn't put that stuff on my list. I've got like a fez and I've got a tuxedo. Then I when I call you costume. Then when I call you a dirty pirate hooker, it takes on new meaning, doesn't it? I would oh, like is that too much. Is that too much? No, I'm, I'm dead serious. The engagement, the uh, humanizing the devs, I would say as well. Uh, we've said that in the past of these are people they, because we are still unsure whether they're human. That, you're also getting as you said more engagement, but also you're getting different not only are you getting the information via like text or anything like that, which is just one way of understanding it, but you're also getting a visual of what's being said and everything like that, as well as some people learn more or yeah. understand more from a vocal the, point of view. Yeah. The, the bottom line is yeah. wall of text, bad. Video, well, no. good. What I'm saying, the wall of text might work for someone who's at work, right? Or, or something. But the video, it's you're getting the audio cues, you're getting the visual cues, you're actually seeing the, the you're hearing the pitch, the flex in their voice, you're 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 seeing how, costumes. You're seeing how excited they are. That's what I'm saying. Is like you know, and and anyways, I think they should do a video and maybe even up it to where they do like a Twitch video, like a live, you know, dev thing. I, anyways, I think it'd be really cool. And I think the community would definitely get behind it. I've I've been saying for a while now that they should do ask the devs in that format. Yes. And, of course, they talked about public test is coming up, right? UI 2.0, DirectX 11 plus engine updates, which I know there's been a lot of speculation about this. A lot of people are talking about, like, well, is this going to increase performance? Is this going to increase graphic fidelity? Um, I would like a lot more information on this, and I'm going to try to reach out to uh, Brian about this. And, Garth, if you can make that note, I think it would be a great... I think one of the engineers sitting down and saying, hey, this is what this entirely means. Like, this will be increase in performance for people on Windows 7 or DirectX 11 cards, or, you know, this allows us to do this in the future, but you're not going to see an immediate response. A lot of people want to know, what is this DirectX 11 update? Like, what does it mean? What does it tell? Um, We've got the UI 2.0 Pilot Lab already, like... 
We've already seen a lot of previews, obviously, with Brian's, uh, you know, uh, the MW launch party, the, the preview. It pretty much was... Oh, well, well, that was uh, that was UI 2.0. I'm not sure what the uh, pilot lab actually is, or is that just the same as UI 2.0? Well, the pilot lab Maybe. is where we go and work on the pilot tree, right? I would assume so. So we have not so. seen any screenshots or video of that yet? No. Well, it's also going to include a lot more stuff, though, right? Loyalty points. I assume and so, yes. I guess, yeah. You, you saw the, the picture. There's a preview um, on uh, the profiles, on your MWO profile. There was a preview on that of picture as well. So you got to think all this is going to be integrated in a way that you can go to your profile or you can log into the game and you can see all the information. All right, we've also got information on skirmish mode, deathmatch, deathmatch, testing or team deathmatch and deathmatch testing how do you guys feel about that you know like deathmatch yes deathmatch forever i mean but let me make this clear deathmatch is a double-edged sword and why do i say that in mechware living legends when we played when we did deathmatch there were times when you know what i'm saying remember darren and brandon you're talking about like somebody going and hiding and you can never find them and you never finish the match or running around like can you imagine um a whole team of like 12 spiders just running around here's the thing i think if you're going to do a death match as a standard death match no teams or anything like that i think you would need to have a small pool of maps specifically for it that would be almost arena style that or close in the uh map areas of existing area uh existing maps to make it again smaller arena size so you could t- potentially run around, but you're still limited to a smaller space, so you don't have as much hiding or anything like that. I don't that. know if they'll do that, though. I mean, I'm down for the choice. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is, as soon as I heard Deathmatch, that's what popped in my mind. And I know there's a few people in the chat here. I know I see Coffeynail that was part of Living Legends 2. And, and you know it's part of the normal rotation, though. You know uh, what the counter is going to be, though? Oh, you got 15 minutes. No, but the the no, not the counter the the counter. No, but, <laughs> um, no, it, it's going to be the the person the the team where that person is hiding. Their whole team is going to give them away. That already happens now. They're going to say he's hiding in you know F five. Yeah, well that, that's for the team deathmatch. But also, I kind of want to see the free for all a little bit, a lot. I mean, like a I said, of a I, lot. I don't mind a team deathmatch. I think it'll be fun. It'll be a change of pace too. That's that's what I'm down for. Something other than assault and and conquest. I, Anything like removing the beacons and just saying fight, you know. Um, I think it should be team health match. We go around healing each other. Yeah. No team chat match. Team oh, chat match. Yes. Stop being such a nice guy. Come <laughs> on. This isn't Daisy. I want healing lasers, man. Come on, scalpel. Oh, what did, wait till I get in there. I will heal you so hard you won't even know it hit you. <laughs> UN match. Ooh, um, and go. there was a few more things that were, you know, sneak peeks into what was in development and going in development still. I think the biggest thing for at least that area is I think everyone was really excited to see that ready for development was the mat- uh, matchmaking, private matches, and in design was the first phase of Community Warfare. Now, that being said, Garth, are we going to be seeing any public test stuff going on soon? Of what? Anything. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Yep, Garth Earlham. You can quote him. No, Kim I'm not Lim- being more specific. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you cut him off. Oh, jeez. I just got Garthed. You've been Garthed. Now, of course, we also got the Project Phoenix. Everything was released. Obviously, this is a big talking point, and that's something... I haven't heard anything about this. I what wanted is it? to talk about today. Um, you know, there was these mechs, and there was this, like, whole debacle of... Oh, Philism. It's Philisms. Come on. So tell us about this debacle. Oh, geez, you guys. You know what? <laughs> just just, you just seem, uh, you embrace seem surprised. it. Yeah, you seem embrace surprised. It. I do it all the time, you know? Debacle us. Anyways, what are your guys' thoughts so far? We've got the... I mean, yesterday during the Twitch stream, I... It wasn't overwhelming. It was just that there were so many mechs, and I wanted more time to like freaking sit down and come up setups. And it just... it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to give any kind of definitive critique. I think at this point, we've all been living on a Phoenix mech high. Um, we're pretty much when you go out there, you're facing mostly Phoenix Hawks or Phoenix, yeah, Shadow Hawks. But uh, no, Phoenix mechs. I've been having a great time for the last two days, but I feel like it's going to take a couple weeks of people getting back to the other mechs and running them. Uh, you know, post. Uh, Phoenix High. 
to get a good well, idea. I, absolutely. I mean, from I was watching, I was with uh, Impaler Stream last night, and and I was watching it quite a bit and listening to everybody commentate, and it's like, absolutely. I mean, it was a it was all new stuff yesterday, so everyone's out there trying the new things, and so that's what everybody's running. It's going to take a few weeks before people either stick with their new their new toys or they go back to their old ones. Mm-hmm. But the the few things I did see last night were very interesting, such as the fact that locusts acting as a team are dangerous. <laughs> a little swarm of locusts. Down, they can take down anything. And it was amazing. Yeah, of course also there's the um, there's two pretty much different games. There's the random dropping pugs and uh, you know the competitive side. So I'm sure two totally separate uh, opinions uh, and viewpoints. Definitely. I'm very interested to see how well I mean Tomorrow it's going to be interesting because I know at least uh, Aces and Clan Diamond Shark are going to be going at it again. So it's going to be interesting to see who's fitting what in uh, new deck builds. Yep. Now that being said, um, I got a question for you, Garth. Uh, there was someone that was making a uh, uh, there was a discussion thread over at Reddit, and it was talking about the Locust. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, not all mechs are going to be you know viable in a in a competitive environment. That you know, there will be a select few everyone sort of goes to and stuff like that. But they were basically saying like little tweaks if you look at the Locust and you were to say give it more than just three module slots, and that you know it it's, it can't stand up and fight with another light like a thirty five ton Jenner or you know a Spider and stuff like that. But if it had a role of it goes around and does a few, you know, an arty strike here, an air strike here, or keeps eyes, and you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, is that something you know you guys have talked about internally um, on some of these? Is actually, you know, really making a role for some of these mechs that aren't exactly used, and specifically like the locust. Yeah, um, I actually am less worried about the locust now that I've been using it. <laughs> uh, initially, I was terrified of how it would perform, but I've been very surprised at how well it does. Uh, but we are looking at different ways to make mechs uh, just different, like have different roles in the same weight class other than, you know, the cicada is like a light, um, other than things like that. So we are looking at it. So what what went in the decision uh, to not have an ECM version of the Locust? Do you know? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I think we just picked the three most popular ones around the office or something like that. Like, you know, we go through all the variants available and go, which ones should we use? And right. Those ones went out. I get generally the most different. One of the problems you often find with the, the Battletech loadouts is it's like version A has five lasers. Version B has four lasers and a flamer. Version C has, you know, yeah. four lasers and a different laser. Like, so you have to pick the most unique ones you can. Sometimes you can't because they're all similar, but we try. So it was a canon issue or a lore you were going with. Often, that. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Phil, well, what do you think about the Phoenix mechs? Well, I was going to say, just talking on the whole ECM uh, discussion, it's like from my perspective, perspective, it's always been difficult because from the tabletop, if you just go off tabletop rules, you can put anything on any mech. It doesn't matter. And it really put a hurt, basically, on the idea of having Omni mechs versus standard mechs and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, my point being is you saw MechWare 4 try to, you know, rectify this, and MWO came out with a hard point plus critical system, right? But then it's like, okay, how do you choose which mechs have ECM? Do you go off the, the lore? You know, do you go off of just these random mechs that have been created in the past? You know what I'm saying? Like... So, like, for instance, the Raven 3L. In Tabletop, that one had ECM. Okay, so it gets it. Well, you know, what about the Atlas? What about these other mechs that have ECM, the Cicada and stuff? Do you only go off of that are based on these Tabletop designs? Who ran, you know, people just sort of randomly created them and they were adopted by the community? So that's my question, is, like, how do you you justify giving um, ECM to a mech and or... Why can't any mech have it? And, and and that's that's what I'm saying is like I don't expect every mech to have it, but how do how what is the thought process behind that? What is the design process? What is the the process of allowing or picking a mech for that? You know that that's the biggest thing for me because I like the idea of the of MWO being inspired by the tabletop, but not holding true to everything because I think the most important thing they can do is balance for the game. And so that's why I was curious as to why not having an ECM version of the Locust. I'd think well, it would. And that's 
that's why I was wanting to sort of just talk about like the the decision. Yes, it comes down to gameplay and this and that. But I mean, there's clearly, you know, you'll have the Raven 3L. Let's just talk about the Raven 3L. It's the strongest Raven out of all three. Even if it didn't have ECM, it's the strongest. Up until recently, it went faster, right? It had ECM. So now that uh, all of the Ravens can go pretty much the same speed, or at least near the same speed, you know, why didn't why can't all the Ravens have ECM? You know, and you know, obviously, those are the type of questions of do you want to see ECM um, in on light max only? Obviously, that's not true. We got a few, uh, you know, we got a medium with ECM, and we have an assault with an ECM. We don't have a heavy yet. Uh, you know, if they do that. But I mean, those are the type of things. Uh, what is the, the decision and how are mechs chosen and how is ECM being used in, in random um, pug play and the competitive scene? Is it that important? Is it one of those like you always take the Raven 3L because of the ECM, you know, or now you go Jenner? I mean, stuff like that. So it remind me, when is that actual community warfare, the, r- the real genuine competitive play supposed to kick in roughly? No date right now. We don't. First quarter, I we think, next yeah, year. Yeah, we don't have a solid date. It's reliant on so many things that we couldn't give a reliable date. Okay. So I we, are, to, we are towards I the end of the year. have time to learn how to do something. Good. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, so what about, you know, we're, we're just talking about the Locust. What about the other mechs? Are you having fun with your, your beloved uh, Shadowhawk? Well, let me let me go back to just the Locust. Uh, I knew you were going to do that. I was talking. No, I was talking about ECM. So when it comes to the Locust, I've ran into a few issues. One... I hate the fact that in my 3M, I've got point one, like one of tons left over that I can't use. That just point eleven, yep, sucks. Annoys the shit out of me. Like um, I'm not even OCD about things, and it annoys me. Right, that little. Bit I of am damage, so. Mm. Right, and it's uh, another thing that um, I, I noticed right off the bat is the other two variants. You're almost screwed if you put double heat sinks on because the amount of crit spaces, like. You need as much uh, weight as you can. So you put Indo, right? You put Faro. Well, if you put double heat sinks, uh, you need at least 10 heat sinks on. So you need to add at least three. Uh, you know, there goes another nine. Um, you know, Solution, percent. develop a mini ECM well, unit that weighs 0.11. No, uh, well, single heat sinks, I think, will actually be used. ECM to 10 meters. Well, there no, you go. I think, I think those two variants will basically use uh, single heat sinks because they're going to be using machine guns and they're going to be using streaks so i don't think they'll be too heat heavy but anyways i really love them i think it is the best mech right now as far as animation to date it has the best running animation it just it looks awesome it run it turns into the turn um it just sort of leans and it just it looks amazing i'm thoroughly happy with it and i i, I just like looking at it when i'm running around I, I don't even like i'll probably just die but you know i like running around in it so there is that. Um, I'm now counter that with the uh, well lead into the Shadowhawk. I'm gonna thank you. The uh, Shadowhawk jump animation. Oh yeah, pretty 10. cool, huh? Ten out of ten forever. It's like an Olympic jumper. I know. <laughs> I, I love it. The raised knees. The uh, it gives you almost a if you're watching one come down from its uh, jump arc. It's almost like it's bracing itself for impact. Totally. I love it. Now, so I love Phil, it every minute of Shadowhawk, Shadowhawk talk. I haven't played it as much as I need to. So Here to make is. a full, like, 100% decision, like it, hate it, needs work, whatever, um, I just want to touch on the fact that we had people saying it was dead on arrival, that, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people were concerned. Total valid concerns, by the way. Hey, it's really tall. You know, that's it's why is it so big? Why is it, you know, so tall and stuff like that? <laughs> because it's Berkeley. Hold on. As, and I remember Side Strafe was talking to me yesterday and he was like let's talk about this what do you think and i I, actually it was before the patch went live and i was like uh it's tall i think you'll be able to shoot over things i was like it's gonna have a slim profile from the side maybe even from the front uh we'll just have to see as soon as it came out and he used it he loves it loves it yeah it's his go-to mech now and and loves it yeah i mean now there still may be debate on whether the tall is a good thing or a bad thing, but we're seeing you know at least one advantage, which is the hold down positions, uh, and for a certain playstyle, which like it's side strafes, sitting back and sniping, basically, it works really well. You know, I think it's a different mech, which is good. If it was the same as all the other mechs, then it would just be the same as all the other mechs. And I think that uh, like the Gauss rifle, if you learn to use it uh, for its strengths, it's still a good mech. Now again, though, I go back to that may be different for competitive matches. Well, Laser Angel points out most mechs are actually right heavy, and what he means by that, like the hunchback, 
my torso, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah, these are left-handed mechs. Yeah. So now I don't want to get into the whole scale issue because we're actually going to talk about that. On, it's one of our next bullets. So I'll, I'll skip over the whole scale and, and height and stuff. As far as the mech itself, the one thing I will say is I love the fact that your stock, you're going 81 kph without even sp- speed tweak, right? You've got jump jets. You've got maneuverability. Um, I've pretty much got a, a, a medium to short-range brawler set up uh, using SRMs and streaks with LVX and a few uh, lasers. And it just it sort of seems like a... I think it's almost like a, a big version of a mixture between like the Centurion with all the missile hardpoints, right? It's like a zombie, but it can jump jet. But it also has the ballistics like a hunchback and the, the blackjack um, sort of combined right there. So I like it. Um, I think I need to play it just a lot more. I, it's way too early. It's not even been... 72 hours yet uh to really say do i like it yes is it the end all be all i don't know yet and i don't want to just go out there and just talk out of my ass so now, yeah i mean i've fallen in love with my thunderbolt i absolutely love it yes, now but again same thing is it end all be all i don't know is it going to take the place of my cataphracts and my uh jaeger mechs i don't know yet but i do love that mech well before we get into thunderbolt i think the the underlying factor for all of this for me at least i'm out of sea bills I no spent, shit. I just spent uh, double heat sinks and endo steel, you know, on all that, and I'm uh, it's totally wiped, totally wiped. Space poor. Welcome to happens. space poor. Yeah, right. So we got the thunderbolt, and I will say I've heard pretty much everyone across the board loves it. I mean, I've heard the Shadowhawk is by far the best mech supposedly for this, uh, you know, set of twelve. But uh, the thunderbolt, I've had a lot of people basically say they love it. Um, Darren, why do you like the Thunderbolt? Um, because, well, number one, I just prefer heavies. It's just for whatever reason, the weight, the speed, the armament, the armor. Uh, it, it's what I tend to like. But, uh, you know, I don't, I can't really put my finger on what it is I like about it. Um, maybe it's nostalgia. Maybe, like I said, I'm on the Phoenix Mech High. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I, I definitely am the left-handed side, the left-handed ballistic. Um, it's changed, you know, I'm able to use cover that I wasn't able to use necessarily before if I was trying to peek out. Um, I like it. Uh, it's a very active mech for me. You know, there's some mechs that are a lot of work to play, and there's some that are you kind of sit back and chill and play. Um, this one tends to be work for me, and I've just been enjoying it. I don't know why. Well, you know what I think? When I saw the Thunderbolt, it reminded me of the quick draw, what the quick draw could be with a ballistic card point, you know? I mean, it's yeah. like that one, just the Phoenix version, having those two ballistics in the left arm, being able to have a ballistic weapon on there opens the door to so many different builds. Now, obviously, you can't do an AC-20, right? You can't do, you know, right. WAC-5s, um, but... Yeah, and I think a lot of it for me also is aesthetics. You know, I like the look of things, and actually Dyson Ring there in the audience uh, put it perfectly, which is it's beautifully ugly. And I tend to like stuff that is basically that, oh, beautifully ugly. Oh, sexy, dude. I mean, it's... Yep. It's it's got this. It's like uh, I don't know. It's 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 short. This squat. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that's what it is. The, it's the first mech we've had. Now I know people are going to say, no, the Atlas has an offset cockpit. Phil, I'll be like, no, it's the first one that actually has the cockpit on, over the the left torso. Yes, the Atlas has an offset cockpit, but it's still in line with the center torso. You know, for like cockpit. ten seconds. Okay, I have large lasers on one of my uh, Thunderbolts, and it's on the. Uh, left chest but when I fired it kept firing dead middle I'm like what the fuck is wrong with this why is this not <laughs> and then I'm like oh yeah yeah that's right yeah um, I will say though it, it, that particular mech really makes me think about the clan summoner I mean it pretty much is the haven't heard that one yeah I mean we were talking about it earlier stream but uh, I'm sure Russ will be you know squeeing like a little girl because he loves the summoner but uh, Thunderbolt across the board Another fact that I like about the Thunderbolt, it actually has a variant that has jump jets. Yeah, um, yeah so I think, awesome. I think it will probably be one of the better... I'm going to go out and limb and just say because it has jump jets, it'll probably be one of the better Thunderbolts. It's like the 3D. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Definitely also the fact that everything's in, right in your torsos as well, so you could potentially kind of zombie it in a way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got the two energy on the right arm, but I mean, everything else is mainly in your left torso. Hopefully if that doesn't get cored. And of course, we've got the Battlemaster. Um, my initial thoughts on the Battlemaster. <sighs> You'll never hear the end of it from Darren? <laughs> um, I don't know how I feel about it. Because 
it's so slow. Like, <laughs> I I try to give Assault Max a chance, right? And and I've I've, I've, Dude, I've actually put a four hundred in that bit. Hold on, hold on. I've been forcing myself. I, there's even some YouTube videos recently. I got a few more, by the way, of me and Assault Max uh, giving them a try. Actually, just s- sucking it up and doing it. All right. The thing with the the Battlemaster is, uh, and someone pointed this out. You, if you go heavy on energy weapons, you're going to be really hot. And so, I think what you see is basically like uh, it's like a, it's like an awesome. It's like a it's a five ton bigger awesome, and one of the variants right has ballistic. And I would say that would be the benefit of it. But I mean, two, two variants, two of them. Okay, two of them. I do have one of them with an XL 400 from the Boar's Head that I didn't sell because I don't sell any of my engines. Um, and it goes like 76 or 78 kph without speed tweak. And uh, I've got like five medium lasers and AC-10. I'm just going to run around and be stupid in it because why not? Um, but uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Now, I've been killed by them. And when I see their weapon loadouts in my enemy loadout, I'm like, holy shit. They'll have like 13 weapons in there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I'm it reminds me a little me. bit of the boar's head, like a light boar's head. Yeah. I'm tempted to make the 1S into a missile boat. Just because all those pods, all Ooh. those missile pods. You know what I ran into a few times today was uh, I, I don't know what Battlemaster this was, but I had four SRM sixes and a few mediums and this and that. And that'll ruin your day really freaking quick if you run yeah, into that. Yeah, that's the one uh, S. It's uh, four energy, four missile. Oh my gosh! Now that all being said, Darren, Brandon, are you guys? I mean, you don't label yourselves as assault pilots, do you? Negative. No, I mean, in fact, the order of the mechs I'm going to be doing here is going to be the Thunderbolt, then the Shadowhawk, then the Battlemaster, and then the Locust. I, I think it's an interesting mech. I've seen people kicking ass in it, but it is slow, and, I, and I'm and i not sure how I feel about the whole XL thing in it, so I, I'll have to probably experiment with that, but I can't afford to right now. Well, I will say, when I was in the Battlemaster, it can take a freaking punch, that's for sure. I mean, just like all the other salts, that is nice. Um, I hear it has a nice sunroof and cup holder. Yeah. It has a cool cockpit. I will admit, it's almost mm-hmm. someone said it. It's almost like the catapult, but the catapult ends like right there in front of you, right? You can see that the edge right there. The Battlemaster, you can see over the console, which is really it's like the Locust. So when you when you're pitching up and down, you get this depth perception because the you know just the the console in front of you. And the, anyways, it's really cool, and you almost feel like there could be another MechWarrior in there in the front uh, on both of them. I, I feel that that way. Garth says it's best. Locust is second. Speaking of which, uh, I know a lot of people were freaking out about the Locust in the cockpit view. Uh, what they were seeing is the Project Phoenix version has almost like these roll cages on the outside. And so it looked like there was even more struts blocking your view. And it sort of does. But as soon as you get out of that, you go to the 3M and the other version, it doesn't have any of that. I mean, it's freaking wide open. And you got a sunroof and... You just kick back and grab some sweet tea and pew pew. Because, you know, safety first. Because when you get, like, leg and crash cockpit first into the ground and the fire is setting in your command chair, you will know that you are very much alive still. Yeah. Thanks to that roll cage. You know, I don't like the fact that it's obscuring the vision, but I don't know if it's so much so that it's like, oh my god, that needs my... I think it's a minor annoyance. Uh, Somebody thought it looked cool, and it probably does. But I can understand, like, well, you know, this is kind of the hero version, and it's got more obscured vision than the the normal version. And it's only got machine guns and a laser? Come on. Help me out here. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to something I want to talk about is, um, well, we also had to pick your medallions, right? The Founders medallions, they're delayed till the 29th. Now, Garth, can you talk about the medallions? What are they for? What Do they have any influence of what goes on later on? They're going to do the uh, loyalty points system, a boost. Okay, so you have medallions. They're for cockpit items. Do you turn them in and you give them? You get a boost or something? I think when they're equipped, they give you. Like when you're using them, they give you a bonus. Ah, okay. I also okay. noticed that they're like bronze level and stuff like that. So I don't know if you guys know, or you would obviously know, but I don't know if you can say. Uh, when you get higher in your um, faction or whatever will they also upgrade so like it'll be like you start off with bronze and then maybe after a certain point you get like a silver one and then that i don't know i honestly don't know for sure 
Okay, well that that's a little bit more confirmation. I did I just thought there were cockpit items and that's all it was. So it's good to know they actually have some type of gameplay getting you more loyalty points. That would be yeah, golden, silver, bronze sort of thing. Okay, one thing I wanted to talk about today and it's something that I made a mention of is scale. We've sort of talked about this in the past, but we've never really broken this down into, you know, like a discussion and um, I've talked quite a bit with uh, Sidestrafe about this because, you know, he plays a lot of World of Tanks um, and he loves tanks and, 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 you know, the whole realism and, you know, slope of the armor, the thickness, materials and stuff like that. And the reason I bring this up is when the Shadowhawk pictures we, we posted up, I mean, people were, you know, oh, it's DOA. Why is it so tall? PGI. Why haven't you learned? And blah, blah, blah. And it's a medium mech. It's not supposed to be that tall. Now, I really wanted to dive into this because, first off, Battletech has never, ever actually listed out how tall battle mechs are. And then on top of that, they've never had a consistency when, uh, let's just say, in artwork. It's been one of those things that Battletech sort of, I don't know, sort of slacked off. I mean, like, the the official drawings of uh let's just say like the the tro artwork and this and that there was never really any scale now there was a few things where there was a few official yeah i know you guys are like oh my god phil there's official clan drawings blah 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 well can you imagine uh if you saw a light mech that was as tall as a, a, a assault people get confused of thinking that you know just because it's uh, an assault it has to be bigger and stuff but anyways I just want to get your guys thoughts on how would you guys feel uh, about you know having armor thickness and and uh, you know mechs, oh. you know I, I didn't think that's what you were going to ask the way you <laughs> led into that question I thought you were going to say how would you feel if you were you know wrongly compared to the other people in your family in your <laughs> that's what I thought you were I wish he did go that direction it would have been funnier anyway sorry no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it, there's so many people that they'll sit here and they'll say a mech isn't supposed to be that tall. Why is why is this and that? And it's like, you do realize, like, behind the scenes, you can't make a real-life comparison between a tank that was mechanically, you know, engineered by... Or I should say that was di- designed by mechanical engineers and had real-world factors put into it. Uh, unless you're going to do that into the computer game and have all those type of things. I mean... Darren, would you be okay with a, a locust being as tall as a atlas? I mean, like, no. I mean, why wouldn't you though? I guess my question is why why wouldn't you want that that type of uh, scale? Well, I think that's extreme to the extreme. Um, to me, here's the whole scale issue for me. I understand everybody's got their opinions on this, and some of them are very uh, actively opinionated. Um, but I, I don't care. Just balance it for the game. That's all I care about. There's not a, there's that's what the way I care for most of these issues. It's just balance it for the game. You know, it's going to make it more fun. And I think basically they have like prime example. Everybody talks about the centurion being too big. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But if they were to make the centurion smaller, then they'd have to do something else to uh, counter that tweak. Well, no, you know, it's balanced I, I for the there. game. What I'm saying is, and we have Dimitri in our chat just said because 20 tons versus 100 tons. Well, you're forgetting something, Dimitri. I can take an M1A1 outside and make a, let's just say, a replica of another tank the exact same dimensions, and it be 20 tons, yet the M1A1 70 tons. Because what can't you see, right? All you're seeing is the volume of something, right? You, you don't know the density of it. You don't know the materials made out of it. You don't know any of the insides, right? I mean, it's the same thing with the mechs. And that's, I guess but that's is my it, point. is it the same thing with the mechs, Phil? Because, I mean, the mechs are... We're not talking about making it from different materials. We're talking about making it with armor and well, certain types guys. of armor. No, some, certain types of armor. I understand, but uh, army, army, uh, army unit out there. I know. Uh, I'm metaphorically talking about just battle mechs in general, not just. And he's trying to create a discussion. Yeah, uh, you know, what I, I'm I don't. Is like people forget that mechs aren't just solid. Do you steel. think, Phil, that if there was all the, those details, if there was a page for every mech and it had all the specs, do you think that would stop the debate? Hmm. I don't know if no. it stop the debate. What I think what I'm um, trying to point out here is that people talk about scale and this and that, but what they tend to forget is exactly what you, some of you guys are pointing out. Gameplay, right? It, it's about uh, balance this and balance that, but what they're forgetting to realize is 
Battletech has never had any of these rules written down in stone. Like, PGI is having to come up with this shit, you know, from the start, right? I mean, like, Battletech has failed on that perspective because it didn't matter. In the tabletop, it doesn't matter what your mech looks like, uh, how tall it is, blah, blah, blah. They can all, you know what I'm saying? Like, none of that matters. And the translation of all that and, and the systems, they pr- pretty much had to create their own. Um, and it's so funny because people every single day will say, oh, you know, well, why is this mech too big or it's too short? Or it's too wide. Well, there's factors here that you can't really uh, put down to, like, how tall a mech is, right? What's the shape of it? What's the profile of it? What's the front profile, side profile, it torso twisting left or right profile? Where are the weapons at? What hard points? Where are those hard points located on the mech? You know, are they high, low? Are they on the arms? Does the mech have low arm? You know, um, tons of variables. Yes, and you know, there's so many things here, and it, it, it just it just sort of confounds me because again, they always refer to scale, but they don't. I don't think they really put into any thought of like it's just not that well, easy. And I think people just tend to also think, well, here's my opinion. This is what I've grown up thinking or whatever, and uh, I'm right. And and if it's not done the way I think, then it's done wrong or whatever. And there is no, you know, definitive thing that we can go back to. So everybody's got an opinion and they're all right. No, I, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to create a discussion about scale because it's, it's always fuck the discussion. Remember? It's always been a big topic wow. of, well, an atlas, a mech is this tall and a mech is that tall and there's actually been no there's there's no skill to say hey an atlas is this tall and awesome is this tall i mean look at the stalker right or it's an assault mech but it's not as tall as an awesome or it's not as tall as an atlas but it's also from a side profile right it's it's center torso and left and right torso stick out quite a bit whereas you know the other ones don't and so you know uh the stalker may be better in a scenario where you all of your weapons are up high and you can shoot over stuff. Whereas the Atlas, you shoot stuff in your arms or in your uh, torso, and next thing you know, you're hitting the dirt right in front of you, right? So each one has its strengths and weaknesses, right? I mean, anyways, it's just it's just an interesting topic to actually like dive in and look at and like. How I do don't you- think there's going to be a global perfect for any any mech of uh, you know. There's not going to be any size or any scaling that they do where everybody says this is perfect. And they've just got a balance for the game. And if anything is ridiculously out of balance, it won't get used. And then hopefully they'll work it. Uh, Carry on, Crow uh, made a comment. Uh, I, I definitely get what you're what you're going after, Carry on. But like one thing we were just talking about is you can have technically. Let's just really think about this. Uh, let's look at the Thunderbolt. Right, it's not the tallest heavy mech out there, um, and there's a few mediums that are pretty much just as tall. Well, you could. You know, in a real-world scenario, if you had a uh, you know a thunderbolt standing next to another heavy, and the thunderbolt was 65 tons, and this other was 65, but the the other one was taller, you would probably come to the conclusion that there are some parts on that thunderbolt, as far as armor, that may be thicker, right, in locations, denser, right, may have a little bit more protection in some areas because of the size. But I mean, those are the type of things that BattleTech doesn't have. You know, it doesn't have. You know, it says in the lore that, you know, things are made out of steel and ceramics and woven fibers and this and that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just numbers, hit points, right? How many Carrion points? Crows, unmute. Let's hear your side. Okay. Can you guys hear me all right? Hey, man. Yep. Uh, the biggest issue as far as it brings is that this isn't a roll dice in the game anymore. This is a precision where things do pinpoint damage. So, I mean, basically, at the very core of the issue is that if you are bigger or taller, you are easier to hit. In some of these cases, like the 55-ton Shadowhawk, which I do like, by the way, I just think it's too big, is that the scale is too big that the uh, it doesn't have the armor points to survive that sort of punishment. Like, the hitboxes itself is... Um, is really a lot of the issues, and that's what some of the problem is. And a lot of the angst comes into this is we're not talking about like a crab or like a king crab or something with like really unique geometry. The T-bolt's known for being thick, for being wide. That's an expectation. We're dealing with a standard humanoid, uh, humanoid robot here, and the scale is uh, blatantly off. Well, so and that's you, what a you're lot saying of the is, issue we have there. Is so what the you're saying is, the, uh, you're, so, you're, so you're acknowledging the fact that obviously when you design a mech they come up with a unique uh, you know look and feel of it but in doing so it may create some real world implications i.e the mech may be taller or what about that hunchback right it's got this big old hunch for the right torso 
But what you're saying is to maybe change some of the other systems, like armor or something like that, to where, hey, you know what? My left side, I really don't need to protect that much, and I want more armor in my right torso or something. Let me take what's in my left arm or left torso, and I want to put all that armor into my right torso to protect those type of things. Are you talking about, like, bending the rules to to bring it into more of a real-world sense of it is pinpoint accurate, it being tall and stuff like uh, that? Let's take the Shadowhawk, for example. It has, despite the fact that it doesn't look like it has a small t- CT, it actually has a, relative, a relatively very big CT, as opposed to like a Centurion, which is arguably the tallest of the mediums until the Shadowhawk came out. Kentaro is roughly about the same size, but that massive CT going all the way down the length is super easy to hit. I mean, the best Shadowhawk builds right now are people stay at mid to long range where they can use the hold down position and stuff like that. It's great, but... The Shadowhawk doesn't really do a super job at uh, brawling because of that CT is easier to hit. Because that torso is easier to nail. It's a lot more hitboxes, a lot more pixels, and as such, you just can't take the, the firepower coming after it. Now, the only real consideration is when they're designing these mechs is to possibly start designing them with that in mind. You know, you can't have a 55-ton mech... Uh, go up that high, not like you used to. The quick draw, for example, you just can't have that. The art, It doesn't have enough armor points to survive that kind of uh, punishment. No, I totally get you. When we talked to Flying Debris on, or Alex, on um, the Mech Steps and Fear, I actually asked him that. Uh, I said, you know, knowing knowing what you do now, obviously, remember the dragon and the catapult and some of these, especially the dragon, how easy it was to, to shoot the CT out of it, right? Remember when it first came out in closed beta. I asked him, I was like, you know, now that you you're, you play and you're active in the community and you see these designs going in, what kind of considerations do you take to make sure you don't have the same issues, you know, that um, you may want to make it a little bit slimmer here or taller or lankier, you know what I'm saying? Like, make it a little bit harder to hit. Yeah, and, you yeah know, I totally get, I totally and get he, what you're he even said. He even said that does help him now and that if you look at the designs now compared to some of these older ones that he said, and he even said... If he could go back, he would change a few things, and that may be something that would might happen in the in the future as well. So, but in part, it's not just the physical dimensions of the mech or how it looks. Most of it has to do with the hitboxes, and the hitboxes don't tend to give a mech the benefit of the doubt. Uh, PGI really loves making those CT torsos very big to accept most of the punishment. In most of the case, when your mech is too tall, that's that's a bad thing. Shadowhawk just came out yesterday. And yeah. I think someone did just stuff point could out get the point being you're going to have mechs that are good at rolls. And if the Shadowhawk is one of those mechs that just like, I mean, even if they do look at the, the hitboxes and it does need to be adjusted, I'm not sitting here defending PGI if that's the case or whatever. It's the same thing with the Kantara, right? It needed to be adjusted. But there will be some mechs that, based on the weapon loadouts, may be better at some rolls. Like the Kantaro is freaking an annoying harasser. Streaks, medium lasers, it gets in, it can get out, and stuff like that. You may find a mech that is the complete opposite. It's better suited to be at a medium to long range and stuff like that. But uh, we do have to move on. It has been about an hour, but we do appreciate your feedback. Carry on. Sure, thanks. Thanks, Karen. All right, we got one last thing, obviously. Um, we've got uh, Russ uh, and on Twitter, and he says, you can still buy the Phoenix Projects. Um, and injections will happen uh, during downtime on Friday and Tuesday. Now, that being said, how do you how do you guys feel about the Phoenix being open? Like, I mean, do you guys sort of feel feel like it should have a set date and time? You know, that like it's sort of like nah. the founders, right? How do you guys feel about that? I don't really care, and I you know, and there's people who are still like I'm I'm talking to people on Teamspeaker like, oh man, I'm getting paid in three days and I can finally afford it. I would hate to see them not be able to get them if they wanted them i mean should it be on sale six months from now i don't know i don't whatever but i think there's still people that want them and they should be able to get them i definitely think that i mean we were talking i think a little bit earlier about the whole saber package what would happen to that um i I think we should uh let phoenix end when saber ends so that way people who want the saber package would be able to also which is into next year right yeah or no it's uh december i believe okay yeah what about you garth how do you feel about that it's interesting. People get mad if it's not exclusive. I mean, we, have when, you ever well, remember when we extended exclusive? Founders? Because we, we were saying we were getting so many requests to extend it. So we extended it. We actually got a lot of complaints. <laughs> so eventually you have to pick a cutoff date. And uh, I think it is good to eventually end it. You can still buy the variants. You just can't get the special one. So I think that's fine. Well, my personal opinion about the Phoenix Max, 
I'd say just leave it open. Make you guys money. At the end of the day, the Founders Mex was the Founders Mex. And you guys are already coming out with, uh, you've already came out with the uh, the Boar's Head. It's a it's a Hero Atlas, you know, so it's pretty much the same thing as far as the, the C-Bill reward. I mean, the way I look at it is, if it's making you guys money and really the community doesn't care, I mean, at no point in time were you guys like, oh, hey, here's the Phoenix Mex, they're exclusive, there yeah, but what he was ended. just saying is that the community does care, or at least there's a segment of the community um, that does care. Really, I mean, I'd like to see a poll, though. I mean, like we could say this thing, but I mean, I bet gonna, you would. Are they gonna raise up pitchforks and start a fire just because people are allowed to get these mechs? Like, I just don't really. I don't know. Don't know. All right, uh, so let's go ahead and move on. We've also got. Uh, well, actually, one thing to let you guys know: um, we're gonna be sitting down and talking with Randall Bills, hopefully within the next month. Um, we did have him on last year on the uh, 31st of October, our first year anniversary for No Guts, No Galaxy. And we do have our second year coming up, which is totally crazy uh, for everyone that's been following us since the start. And for those that have been following us, you know, uh, just recently, just uh, sort of like a blur. I can't believe we've been talking about this for two years. <laughs> like, What are you going to oh, get man. me this year for our anniversary? Don't you hate that? Another freaking date you have to remember. Don't worry, I'll remind you no, the day before. It's pretty, it's pretty easy, you know, considering. Wait, <laughs> so Halloween is the actual anniversary of NGNG? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it's that cool? Scary, isn't it? That is, that's really cool. I mean, Halloween is my favorite uh, Mine too, George. Year. Well, one of mine, yes. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah, but you have a kid now, Darren, so Christmas is yours. Oh, yeah, that's Halloween to Christmas. Yeah, so it, it's it's been totally crazy. I mean, it's one of those things when we were at the MW launch party, I was just like, you know, I, I just couldn't say it enough to like everyone that was out there. I was like, you know, the reason me and Darren and Brandon and Laura are here is because of you guys. Like, um, it was just super awesome. So anyways, all I got to say to that is another year around the sun. And where will we be next year? This In the inner sphere still. I will. Hmm. Always inner sphere. And Phil disappears. And then appears, and he's in leather mm-hmm. and a Timberwolf, the clan wolf. Well, you're already in the leather now, but Timberwolf will be the different thing. Whoa, here. whoa. Anyways, guys, and of course, I just want to say, hey, if you've been wondering what the the new music is, uh, when I've been playing uh, during Twitch, like today, we actually have a new album out. We've got Nautical Monsters by Animatronic available now in the NGNG store. A lot of you guys have uh, loved the original NGNG album, which was created by Matt and Max. Um, this one is created strictly by Matt, and he's actually got some, uh, well, anyways, I like it. It's Optimus good stuff. Optimus Prime voice, dude. Uh, it's not the actual <laughs> Optimus Prime. No. But it's... Damn I mean, close, man. Yeah, pretty much. Anyways, freaking sweet. If you like music, if you like tunes, head over there and help support NGNG and Animatronic at the same time. And I just want to say, hey, guys, thank you again. Uh, give us feedback on stuff that we're doing. If you want to see this, if you want to see that, or if you want us to try something, do something. And a uh, quick uh, note, please, if there are competitive community leagues, uh, guys who are running those, get in contact with me. I really want to, like, help promote your guys' stuff. That's Run Hot or Die, the, the Merit Campaign, all of these other things, uh, Praxis and stuff like that. Get in contact with me. I want to get your feedback if you want areas on our forums to be able to post up stuff. So if you, I mean, I, I want to support you guys. So get in and we'll give it, with me. Yeah. And we'll give shout outs during the podcast, everything. I mean, get, get a hold of them now. Yeah, totally. And of course, Hey, checks out on Facebook. It's a great way to uh, get you information right away instantly. And all you got to do is hit the like button and totally get it. Maybe you don't like social media. I understand. You can check us out on Twitter as well. Um, you don't even have to like anybody else. Same thing with Facebook. You just just like No Guts No Galaxy, and uh, we can get you information. And of course, check us out on YouTube, No Guts No Galaxy TV, where I've been posting up some uh, fun videos of me and Assault Max, which is I've actually survived uh, surprisingly enough in some of them, which was a first. Uh, and of course, you can check us out on NGNG TV over at Twitch, which uh, MP and uh, our new new streamer. Emodium, Erodian, Lenny has been doing a great job. Uh, super cool guy, and of course all those white him. mechs. Dude, yeah, I don't know him and this word of Blake thing. I, I, why? I don't. Who did we let in the neighborhood? I had no idea. You know, did someone talk about the word of beard. You know, just, <laughs> he said something like, "Phil, you can't make fun of me," and I was like, 
Look, Lenny, you pray to an HPG station, you're going to be made fun of. And he was like, ah, touche. He's so. my co-pilot. <laughs> nice, Icy. Anyways, guys, thank you again for coming out and uh, listening to the live audience. I'd like to say thank you to Garth as well. Of course. Anyways, thank you guys. Thank you to our community, our staff members for supporting us. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hill. And this is George. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin. But there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever